As we've already discovered, John's gospel is not the one to turn to if you want to read the Christmas story. He doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus or even the birth of John, the one sent to prepare the way for his coming. He begins by going back before the events that took place in Nazareth and Bethlehem long before. He actually begins before the beginning. He begins by introducing us to the Word of God, the expression of God's nature as seen in the one who came to us as the Son of God. The one who not only came to earth, but the one who created the heavens and the earth. This morning, we're going to meet that one who became flesh and dwelt among us. Who came to earth as a baby, grew up in a home with a mom, a dad, and siblings, and labored as a carpenter until he was 30. It's now time for his ministry to begin and for Jesus to issue the initial call to some who would become his disciples. It takes place after Jesus returned to the Jordan Valley after spending 40 days in the wilderness, being tempted to change the direction and the focus of his ministry. We pick up the account as Jesus asks the first who follow after him, What do you seek? And then invites them to come and see. We do the same today. It's the Sunday before Christmas, and you have come. So we ask, what do you seek? And the amazing thing is that we can guarantee that if you've come with open eyes and an open heart, you will see. You will find what you're looking for. We're in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, starting with verse 35. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and beheld them following and said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. They came, therefore, and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. John is talking with a couple of his disciples when he spots Jesus in the crowd. He's already declared him to be the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world to those who had come to be baptized. And now he states it again to some who had apparently indicated a desire to become John's disciples. But John understood his role. He was the forerunner to the Messiah. He didn't get so absorbed in his own ministry that he forgot who he was here to serve. And he willingly directed his disciples to Jesus. And when they heard who Jesus was, they left John and followed 
Jesus. John had done his job well. They had been prepared for this moment. When it came time to introduce him to Jesus, they knew what to do. They followed him. And then when Jesus saw them following him, he asked, what do you seek? What are you looking for? You know, those are the very first words of Jesus recorded in John's gospel. And they pose a good question, one that we too must answer. What do you seek? Why do you follow Jesus? If you're not sure how to answer that question, maybe you should simply respond as did those first two disciples. Rabbi, where are you staying? Now, that's probably not what you expected. Not how you think you would have responded. You would have said something like, you know, we seek the Messiah. Or we seek a place in the kingdom of God. Or we seek the answers to, to life's big questions. But all they say is, where are you staying? At first glance, that seems odd. Until you realize they are simply indicating that they would like to spend time with Jesus. They really weren't sure what they were looking for, but they had a feeling he did. If they just had a chance to get to know him, he would answer the questions they weren't even able to articulate. He'd make sense of the longing in their soul that they did not fully understand. And Jesus responds, come, and you will see. They had asked, where he was staying, where they might find him, perhaps hoping to set an appointment to meet with him. But in effect, he says, you can come now. And he invited them to come and to stay with him. Where that was, we don't know. Perhaps it was just a temporary shelter in the wilderness that he had built during the 40 days of temptation. Wherever it was, they went and they stayed all day. Now, there is some confusion about the time of day. John says it was about the 10th hour. If he's using standard Jewish time, that would be 4 p.m. The Jews started their day at 6 a.m. And in the margin of some Bibles, it does say they went with Jesus at 4 p.m. But that's probably not the case. The other gospel writers did use Jewish designations for time, but apparently John didn't. His record of events on the day of Jesus' crucifixion indicates he used Roman time, and they started counting at midnight like we do. If that's the case, it's 10 a.m., not 4 p.m., and that does seem to fit the narrative better. John says they stayed with him that day, not that night, and they apparently spent the day talking with Jesus, no doubt coming to the conclusion that he was the one who could answer the underlying questions that haunt all men, the meaning and purpose of life. He had asked them what it was they were seeking, and he had invited them to come and see. They knew they'd made the right decision. They followed Jesus. And they wanted those they care about to do the same. Let's see what happens. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 
He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. The next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Who the other one was, John doesn't tell us, but it was probably John himself. You know, modesty apparently kept him from referring to himself by name. In fact, he never mentions himself by name in his gospel. Overlooking himself, he simply goes on to tell us that Andrew found first his own brother. And found first can be interpreted several ways. The NIV changes it to the first thing, making the text say that the first thing Andrew did was find his brother. And that may be all that John is saying here. But he may be saying something else entirely. In fact, we have two more choices as to what he meant by found first. He could be saying that Peter was the first one that Andrew found, indicating that he then found someone else. Or he could be saying that Andrew was simply the first of the two to find his brother. If that second option is true, it could indicate that John also went to find his brother, James. But again, he never mentions himself or his brother by name. And besides the modesty involved, his brother James wouldn't have been known to many of John's readers anyway. He would have been dead nearly 50 years by the time of this writing, having been killed by Herod in 44 AD. We do know, however, from other gospel writers that both James and John left their nets and followed Jesus when the official call came and they went. So they both apparently knew him and had spent time with him. But whatever the case, Andrew was the first to go get his brother. And when he found him, he told Simon that they had found the Messiah. He then did what we should all do with our relatives and friends and neighbors. He brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he looked intently at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas. Cephas is Aramaic. Peter is Greek, and they both mean rock. Why did Jesus give Simon a new name? I think he wanted Simon to rest assured that if he spent time with Jesus, he would be a changed man. You know, in the Gospels, we discover that Peter was pretty impetuous. He was not the most even-keeled, stable member of Jesus' band. He's the one who speaks before he thinks and acts rashly. The one who thought he could defend Jesus by taking up the sword and ended up hacking off the servant's ear. 
He knew what he was like when Jesus first laid eyes on him. And so did Jesus. But he also knew what he could become. Jesus knew that Simon would become as solid as a rock. As soon as Andrew discerned Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, he went looking for his brother and brought him to Jesus. John then writes, the next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee and found Philip. Now, we generally take that to mean that Jesus purposed to go into Galilee and that he found Philip. That may be what it means, but it could mean something else. Even though the translators have capitalized he, he isn't identified. Verse 41 begins, he found first his own brother. Verse 42 begins, he brought him to Jesus. And verse 43 simply says, the next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee and he found Philip. He could be referring to Andrew. And that would really make sense if he found first his own brother indicates that he then found someone else. And the statement that Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter does give the impression that Andrew knew Philip. So Andrew may have been even a better evangelist than we've always thought. But either way, whether Jesus found Philip or Andrew found Philip, when Jesus met him, he said, follow me. However, when Jesus said, follow me, Philip didn't. He left and immediately went out and found Nathanael. But then again, maybe he simply understood what following Jesus is all about. It's about sharing him with others. Jesus invited Philip to follow him, and Philip knew Jesus wanted that invitation extended, so he invited Nathanael to also follow Jesus. Now, we don't find Nathanael named among the disciples in the other Gospels, but we do find Bartholomew, whose name means son of Ptolemy. Most scholars believe that Nathanael and Bartholomew are the same man. If that's true, his full name would have been Nathaniel Bartholomew, or Nathaniel, son of Ptolemy. Whatever the case, when Philip told Nathaniel that they had found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, he knew he was talking about the Messiah. But then he added something that shocked Nathaniel. The one he identified as the Messiah was Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael found it hard to believe that the Messiah would have come from Nazareth, and for at least two reasons. First, he knew the prophecy. The Messiah would come from Bethlehem. And secondly, Nazareth was on the other side of the tracks. Nothing good ever came from Nazareth. Rather than argue, Philip simply told him, come and see. You know, that's certainly the best way to convince someone about Jesus. Just introduce him and let him take it from there. 
Once someone gets to know Jesus, they will be able to judge for themselves who he is. And like Nathaniel, they will no doubt soon discover that he knows them as well. Reading on. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Apparently, the sons of Israel had a reputation for deceit. Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel and thereby became the father of all Israelites, set the precedent for deceit or guile by deceiving his father and cheating his brother out of his father's blessing. But when Jesus saw Nathanael, he knew he was different. Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. Jesus knew Nathanael was a man of absolute integrity and complete honesty. Nathanael responded by asking, how do you know me? Apparently, he felt Jesus' evaluation of him was accurate. And Jesus said, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now, the rabbis urged men to study the law under their own vine and fig tree. So this probably had reference to Nathaniel's meditating on the scriptures at home, perhaps even studying the life of Jacob. Apparently, Jesus had a supernatural knowledge of his character and his whereabouts and his activities. And this convinced him that Jesus was the Son of God, the King of Israel. Nathanael was amazed, but he shouldn't have been. Not if he was really convinced that Jesus was the Son of God. Surely, in his study, he had read from Psalm 139. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou dost know when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou dost understand my thought from afar. Thou dost scrutinize my path and my lying down and art intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there's a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, thou dost know it all. For thou dost form my inward parts. Thou dost weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book, they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. Nathaniel should have known that. And his response to Jesus should have been like that of David in the psalm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. That's not what he said. 
But he had seen enough to believe Jesus was the Son of God. And if he would stay with Jesus, he would see much more. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus found his response a bit incredulous. Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. In fact, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Nathaniel would soon learn that Jesus was the ladder to heaven that Jacob had dreamed about, that Jesus, the Son of Man, is indeed the link between heaven and earth. Jesus coming to earth had been heralded by the angelic host. Nathaniel hadn't been present to witness that. But if he would continue following Jesus throughout his life, he would see something even greater than that. And so shall we. If we'll respond to Jesus' invitation to come and see and commit ourselves to following him throughout our life, someday we will see what the Apostle Paul told us about in 1 Thessalonians 4. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. We obviously missed Jesus first coming to earth. But we won't miss his second coming. And to get us ready for that event, Jesus says, come and see and follow me. Most of us here today have done that. We've responded to Jesus' invitation. We know that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because he's taken away our sin. He has forgiven us. And has made us into more than we could ever be by sending his spirit from heaven to indwell us. He's also given to us the assurance of eternal life. And has therefore given to our time on earth eternal significance. We have a purpose. We know why we're here. And he has commissioned us to extend his offer to others. So if you who have not yet responded to his invitation, to you we say, come and see. Spend time with Jesus. 
Get into his word. Get to know him. And hang around with others who are following him. Accept his offer to be your link between heaven and earth. And then come and worship the newborn king with us every Lord's Day. Amen? Amen.